Hey, what's up? It's D. If you're a type 2 diabetic like me, what we're going to be going over today is how we all got bloody ripped off and how to get it back. So you know what? Let's just get right into it. Hi, my name is Davis, and I'm part of a group you've probably never heard of. We can't be defined by the mainstream as together we're the face of a movement. And because we all know that what type 2 diabetes can do to us and the people that we love, we want all the possibilities to live in the life that we deserve. Since we're fighting for ourselves, the people that we love, and for one another, we have to play the game different. We have to play the game smarter. Because the faster we spread our message and help each other out, the faster we're saving lives. The faster we're saving lives, the faster we're saving families. And the faster we're saving families, the faster people just like you and I change the world forever. So if no one's ever told you, let me be the first to tell you right now that you have every single right to live in the life that you've always wanted. That you have every single thing that it takes within you to crush type 2 diabetes on your own terms. And don't ever let anyone take that from you. Now if you ask someone stuck in the past, they tell you what we're doing is impossible. Yet it's happening every single day. All because we chose life over type 2. And these are our stories. Now, on a personal note, since we know what works for everybody is different, do not use any of this information to treat, cure, or diagnose type 2 diabetes or any other metabolic condition as any and all changes must come from your doctor's care. I'm simply sharing what's taken me from a total diet failure since I was a kid, then turned morbidly obese and diagnosed type 2 diabetic and ultimately told that I'd probably end up dying the same way that my grandfather did to completely turning everything around and now sharing everything in the hopes to save as many lives and the hopes to save as many families that deal and struggle with the same metabolic condition that I have. So if you haven't already, go ahead and like, subscribe, share this information, and let's get on with the show. Hey, it's Davis. Are you a type 2 diabetic? Have you ever gone from like diet to diet, you know, with like these different ups and downs, and in the end, you just wanted the freedom to be yourself, right? Or maybe you're like me, where you've, you know, gone online, and you watch all these other people, like Facebook groups, or on the internet, or whatever, completely turn a page, turn their lives around, and you're like wondering, like, Man, when's it finally going to be my turn, right? Look, if any of this sounds familiar to you, for you, I've made a 21-day free blood sugar challenge. That's right. It's a free 21-day blood sugar challenge, and you can get it right now at lifeovertype2.com backslash 21 days. That's lifeovertype2.com backslash 21 days. In it, I reveal all kinds of stuff that you'll probably never see anywhere else. Everything from like the highlighter trick that I use to completely shortcut the success behind a lot of these different type 2 diabetes diets out there without any of the headache, the strain, or any of the pressure, and really the stalls and the breakups that a lot of these other people are going through with those diets, right? At the same time, I show you everything from like how I lost my first 75 pounds without any drugs, exercise, or any hardcore dieting whatsoever, and I even show you the three-step A1C shortcut, and you can get it all right now for free at lifeovertype2.com backslash 21 days. Again, that's lifeovertype2.com backslash 21 days. You know what? Let's just get right, right into it. So you know what? Before I say another word, I want you to know right now that my heart is absolutely with you, that you have every single thing that it takes within you to crush type two diabetes and don't ever let anyone take that from you. In fact, as long as that I'm alive, know right now that you absolutely have someone swinging for the fences in your name, that you absolutely have a cheerleader, a supporter, somebody that loves and cares for your dreams and actually like to kind of just help and push you and lift you up because dude, let's get real. Times are going to be tough. There's going to be highs and lows. And at the end of the day, that's things that we all kind of glean from. And Hey, at the same time, like there's times where it sucks. You know what I mean? And a lot of times where we're going to feel alone, I want you to know right now that in the world, in the realm of being a type 2 diabetic, that you are not alone. 
Okay, so let's just get right into the boogie. Now, if initially when I was going to go ahead and get into this, I was going to get into like, you know, one way to get, you know, our innocence back and how we just got completely ripped off and really just kind of get everything back. But instead of giving you like one way, I want to give you five. Okay, if you're cool with me, knock it out of the park and give you that much content. High five. And then not only that, hey, look, real quick, if you haven't already, I'm super humbled in the fact that the podcast is doing well, but in the same breath, hey, feel free to catch me on everything from Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, wherever you get your social love. I'm even on Facebook, right? Um, I do have a, a page there. Go ahead and show some love there, and I'll be more than happy to show you some love right on back. And then that way you can get your daily feed however you like. All right, so anyways, let's get right into it. So the first thing that we can actually get back Okay, let me kind of preface this whole thing. So if you're anything like me, we go into the doctor's office for something, right? Whether it's a regular appointment, whether it was for peeing or whatever, right? I mean, you know, for me, I I, uh, I had a um, a scrape on my knee and uh, I guess my blood sugars were so high that the bacteria, the residual bacteria in my leg fed on that blood sugar like hungry, hungry hippos, blew up in my entire leg and I went to the ER, okay? So... I go to the ER. If you're anything like me, we go to the doctor's office for whatever it is, thinking that it's one thing, and then we get diagnosed as a type 2 diabetic, right? And I remember thinking to myself and like almost wanting to ask the doctor, like, are you sure? <laughs> you know, like, I feel totally fine. Like, in fact, like my plan was to get out of there and, you know, do something like do the next thing. Right. Where there was, you know, for me, it was like, you know, spend time with my kids that day. Actually, for that day, it was actually taking them out trick or treating, um, you know, or even like after being diagnosed in the ER and even being told again by my regular doctor, I was like, I was already thinking like, dude, I want to go out and have lunch. You know what I'm saying? Like, are you sure? Like, I feel totally fine right just now go out and then we look out and you know depending on you know whether you had you know family members that were type 2 diabetic or if you're maybe like me where your introduction to the meaning and the depth of type 2 diabetes came from the internet and we look around and we learn that everything you know diabetes causes everything from or it can you know if not controlled can lead to everything from going you know, deaf, blind, you know, heart attack, kidney failure. I didn't even know this, but feel free to look this up. It's an article by Healthline, healthline.com. And feel free to search the terms type 2 diabetes, silent heart attack, space, healthline.com. It'll probably pop up. It'll probably be the first of the first, one of the first three search results that'll come up in Google. And what totally tripped me out is that, you know, like, you know how people can go like blind and like go deaf and I guess the way that diabetes, what makes it so, type 2 diabetes, what, what can make it so devastating, if not controlled, is that it attacks the nervous system. So the reason why like, it attacks the ears when people go deaf or blind or even have neuropathy in the feet um, is because those nerve endings and those cells are small. And it's very easy when, you know, blood sugars are high for them to get attacked. And when we understand that cells are all over our body, that obviously it can show itself in different places, which is why, you know, a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of us have, you know, like, like kidney disease and kidney failure. Um, and another thing that I found inside of that 
is that when we understand that, especially like neuropathy, when it kills like the nerve endings and it attaches the nerve endings in our feet, that it can also happen in different parts of the body. I found a, that article on Healthline in that it can deaden other nerves throughout the body and type 2 diabetics can actually have what's called silent heart attacks. Meaning that we can actually have like mild heart attacks and because our body and our nervous system is compromised, we're not going to feel it like a regular person. And I'm like, dude, really? Like, I didn't ask for this. I didn't ask for any of this. And it wigged me out because I started to look at like my, my wife and my kids. And I'm like, man, for real? You know, I started to look in the mirror like, am I really going to go out like that? Like my, my grandfather rest his soul. I used to take him in his dialysis appointments. And I was like, I don't even think he was type two diabetic, but I know what that looked like. And I remember thinking to myself like, okay, I got to do something. But it's like, this all has to do with food. Like, food was my best friend, dude. Like, food was like the source of all kinds of stuff for me. Everything from like my low, my low self-esteem, my insecurity. Um, when I would celebrate, hey, you know, awesome job at, at work today. Awesome. Let's go. You know, you got a raise or whatever. You know what I mean? Um, awesome. Let's go eat. You know what I mean? Um, crap. It was a crappy day at work today. Oh man. Give me a bowl of ice cream. You know, um, kids new restaurant. Let's go stuff our face. You know, at least let's go. Um, you know, cause I, I love my family in the same breath. That was what was going through my face was or my head was like, yes, I'm gonna stuff my face. Right. And it was almost like a part of me died. It was almost like I had to like face this thing that, and I hope this empowers you because I'm going to show you how to flip this on its head. I almost had to face this thing that's literally failed me my entire life, which was dieting because I was since like the age of nine, I was always a token fat kid. I was a guy that was just eating just because it tastes good and it felt good. In fact, to be totally honest, this might sound gross. But to be totally honest, I almost had like a a positive, an emotional, and even an irrational tie to that feeling that you get when you're full, like full to the belly, warm to the belly. What's weird is, is I never really kind of said that out loud. (laughs) Well, anyway... Inside of that was this innocence. Inside of that was that honest and transparent low self-esteem, that insecurity, if you will, because so much of my feelings, my emotion, and even my identity was tied to food. And under all of that stuff was a level of innocence because I didn't ask for all this. And just like that, not just once, but multiple times. It felt like it was like it was ripped out of my hands. 
And for you, you might have the same thing, maybe the same exact way, or maybe in different ways. So that's why I'm, I'm gonna cover all these different five ways to get them back. Because one way or another, um, I'm sure this might actually resonate with you. So that innocence, I was like, man, like, what do I do now? I felt so vulnerable. And there was a point where I'm like, dude, I did diet after diet, you know, so I went, I started uh, vegan and then I went from uh, vegan to slow carb, then paleo. I did paleo for a while. That's actually where I lost my my most amount of weight. And then I did keto. I did keto for about a good, you know, two and a half, close to three years. Then I did a little stint in zero carb. Um, and then at the end of the day, I just wanted to be myself. I didn't want to play that game anymore. There, I think that there was a lot that I can learn. It's a lot like music. You know what I'm saying? You know how, like, depending on your mood, one day you might want to listen to, I don't know, like classic rock. And then the other day it might be the 80s and then the 90s and then like some R&B and then some funk. Like, dude, at a family reunion, come on, dude, throw on some like, you know, some, some, uh, you know, some like some, some cool in the gang or whatever. Like, dude, the whole, f- and the, maybe even like some 90s hip hop or R&B, dude, the whole family's going to hit the dance floor. You know what I'm saying? You're going to be dancing it up with your aunts and your cousins and your coworkers, whatever. Does it mean that you're listening to that every day? Probably not. Some people do, but probably not, you know, not for me. It's different. And the same way that, you know, hey, one day I might want Mexican food. The other one, you know, the other day I might want something super, super healthy. The other day I might want, you know, the next day I might want Chinese food or the next day I might want whatever. And inside of that freedom is the innocence that we all have and that we all want to just be ourselves. And it's weird because a lot of times when I was doing these different diets, I would beat my chest and it'd be goofy as it sounds. It helped as just as much as it was uh, kind of a, a path to a, I wouldn't say a dead end, but a path to me learning to kind of have to grow and mature past that. Right? Um, I think we've all kind of went through different growing phases in our life where, you know, I remember like in the nineties, this car was the best car ever, or this song is the best song ever, or this, you know, restaurant is the best restaurant ever. Um, I did the same thing with dieting, man, and even exercise. And, um, you know, naturally, um, we embrace so much of that and then we kind of grow from it. Does it ultimately define us? No. Can it help us get to where we want to? Yes. Do we have to stay confined on listening to 80s music for the rest of our lives? Probably not. So what I say to you, and I hope this kind of like resonates with you, is that, look, I'm not a superly overly religious dude. I believe in God, if that's what you're wondering. And I'm not trying to get all weird on you. Okay. No more than anything that um, I think that inside of what I've learned thus far, and I don't know everything, but there's a level of love and understanding and saying, hey, you know what? Like, even if your thoughts and everything is different from me, I'm taught to love you and maybe come to you with open arms. And if I could humble myself and maybe just whether it's come to you with open arms and listen to you or maybe even support you and empathize with you and maybe 
whether I'm just being a, like sharing with you what helped me or maybe if I just shut my mouth and allow you to express yourself, that maybe, just maybe, we can help one another. And I say that because inside of this book, it basically says that you have to have the heart and the mind of a child. And I was like, huh. So I said, okay. I felt like my innocence was ripped from me. But what if, what if instead of doing the same thing that I've always done, what if I just kind of embraced that? What if I just, what if I just, you know, what if I got away from all the complex stuff? Because this really kind of hit me at a time where, this is going to sound really weird, but I would delve my insecurities into weird actions, if you will. So as a kid, I was always the fat kid, right? And then I was like, for a while, I was like that kid, the fat kid on a BMX bike, right? I couldn't, I wasn't the best, but I could, I could do really well on a BMX bike because I just, you know, even for a fat kid, <laughs> definitely, you know? Um, and then, you know, after a while, um, I had, um, I had gotten then into like video games. I'd then gotten into like, you know, martial arts. And then I gotten into things where I wasn't supposed to do well. Ironically, just me not knowing any better. Maybe just me being ignorant. I did pretty all right at them anyway. You know, um, I got into, uh, you know, um, amateur racing, drag racing. Um, I was very consistent. Um, I didn't have a lot of, a lot of money. That's like a, you know, that's like a, that's like a, that's a sport where, you know, it's, it's not a poor man's sport. You know, um, there's a lot of money that goes into that stuff. I did not have any money whatsoever. However, um, I would do like bracket racing and I get really, really consistent. Well, anyways, when it came to food, when I first started making leeway, um, and then really delving down into like the nerd stuff is embarrassing. This is going to sound is like, I would literally study case studies in and around the world, especially when I was doing the keto thing dude, to like the wee hours of the morning. And at the end of the day, it was like, okay, dude, D are you really going to live your life to a case study? Like name one person who ever did. And I'm like, um, you know what I mean? Like, um, I don't know. Right. And am I really going to eat the same way, the same thing, every single meal, every single day for the rest of my life? And I was like, mm, no, you know? Um, and so when I was that honest with myself, it allowed me to kind of embrace that level of innocence. Right. And here's what I mean. When I did the whole raw vegan thing, it taught me that like, you know, getting away from things that are overly, um, or maybe even cooked or whatever, keeps things intact, keeps things in their most whole and natural form. And by ingesting things that way, um, you're getting the highest level of nutrient content, meaning that, you know, you take a vegetable per se, and let's say I'm, this is really drawn out, obviously, but let's just say you burn, you burn it to a crisp. Right. You just overly torch the dang thing, whatever it is. And then you eat it. Well, I mean, dude, you know, by the time that you burn it to a crisp and it's like, you know, dang near cremated, all the nutrient value just went to crap. You know, like, sure, you can call it a whatever vegetable you just ate. But I mean, dude, if you just completely toasted the dang thing, like 
most of the natural enzymes, vitamin content, all that other stuff burned away a long time ago. So you're not really getting what you should be getting, right? When I did, um, when I did, uh, you know, paleo, it's funny because you see these people arguing about like, you know, like people eating, you know, purple yams and, you know, Okinawa and Japan in the 1800s versus like the South American countries in the 1400s versus like the Paleolithic era as a filter of what you can eat today. Hey, look, dude, common sense. Just get away from stuff that's, you know, like, you know, processed and this has been GMO'd over time, like, or GMO'd period, right? Like, ding, you know what I mean? Like super simple. Um, when I got into, uh, you know, keto, it obviously showed me, hey, dude, it's not the the 80s anymore. You know, does somebody ever walk up to me and like, we'll go to like a, you know, like a uh, a health food store, right? And like one of the biggest walls aside from the protein powders, if you ever go to a health food store, you know, like a, like a protein or a nutrient store or a supplement shop is that aside from the protein powders, what's the next biggest wall usually? It's usually the fish oil. And the reason why is because, yeah, those fish oils are like, you know, good for everything from the brain, the eyes, the skin, you know, all kinds of stuff. Like who doesn't want a good brain, eyes and skin, you know, like amongst all the other stuff. Oh, the heart, obviously, ding, right? Like, duh, right? Now, why is that? Like, what is it, right? It's the omega-3 and omega-9 essential fatty acids. It's a fat, right? Fish oil. It's not fish water, right? Like, at least that's like what kind of had to go through my head for it to finally click, and it's like, well, yeah, of course, Davis, like it's not the 80s anymore to like to tell me that like fish oil is the same thing as like a bucket of Crisco. Like nobody's an idiot here, right? Like we can't play each other for an idiot anymore. Like, no, we're, we're so far beyond that. And I'm like, okay. And what it also taught me is that A, there are healthy fats out there. Not all fats are the same, just the same way that all carbs are not the same. You know, I used to be super paranoid about carbs, like, ah, garbage, garbage, you know, like whatever, dude, you know what I mean? Um, I'm not scared of lettuce. It's not going to kill me, dude. You know what I mean? Like whatever. Right. Um, we all mature from that level of paranoia, right? We all grow up. And so what it now does, it allows us to have that same level of innocence. When we look at that level of honesty and transparency, we can now take those pieces kind of like kids with crayons or even watercolors or paints or whatever. And we can basically compose and draw our own picture. We can embrace that innocence of being able to just kind of be ourselves again. We can embrace that innocence and that, yeah, inside of these different, you know, dietary protocols, yes, there are priceless tools that I think everybody should have. However, am I defined by the 1990s, you know, Saved by the Bell, Saved by the Bell, Zach Morris comb over haircut that we probably all once maybe had back in the days? No, that doesn't define me, dude. Same way that your heart the people, the way that you look at, the way that you treat people and the way that people look at you. That's what defines us. And that level of innocence and that level of clarity is really where we get everything back. When we take that pressure off of ourselves and simply have the innocence and saying, hey, look, man, here's where I'm at. I don't need to put myself in some goofy box. In fact, a lot of times what people in these different diet circles will probably never tell you is betting your life on that is usually and unfortunately one of the easiest ways to guarantee 
failure and it's not nothing bad against them. Because I'll tell you right now, I'm a low carb guy. Do I live, you know, quote unquote keto? No. Um, sometimes do I have a meal where I just love hamming out and I go like zero carb? Sure. Is zero carb like the end all be all of my life? No. Do I have meals that just so happen to be full of plants that I absolutely love or even like, you know, vegan, if you want to call it that? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. How and why is it so easy? Because all I really ever did was take 30 seconds to tip myself and see what foods were working. And the minute I turned on the lights, it was like that kid, that three-year-old kid who used to think that there were bed bugs or monsters under my bed. And the second that I turned those lights on, it was like, oh, really? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, okay. And what it really did is that it, it, it showed me what no diet had ever showed me before, which was some foods I would have very little spike in my blood sugar. Some foods would almost have like a flatlining effect. Some foods actually would spike my blood sugar way more than I ever thought they would. I eat pork. I'm one of those type 2 diabetes, type 2 diabetics that when I eat pork, my blood sugar is going to skyrocket along with my inflammation uh, markers. And if you want more on that, you can check it out at the 21 day free 21 day blood, uh, you know, transformation challenge, the type two transformation challenge, give all that stuff away for free. Um, at the same time, there are certain foods, you know, how like people bought people's bodies react to certain foods differently, right? Or even food in general differently. I found that there were certain foods that helped me drive my blood sugar down. So guess what I did? I didn't do like rocket science. I just, with that level of innocence, and playing with these different foods and turning the lights on, I just started sticking them in my back pocket. And then, just like if you're like, you know, playing poker or go fish or whatever, and you just keep having these winning hands because you know what the answers are going to be or whatever. Well, you know, there it is. Okay. So let's get into that's number one is innocence. Embrace that level of innocence. That's one of the easiest and most effective ways because inside, whether you have ties to food because of whatever emotional reason, maybe it was something that snuck up over time. Maybe you had, maybe you're using food as a coping mechanism. That's the, I did that forever, you know, um, embracing that level of, um, you know, innocence and letting that same whether it's a child, whether it's just the inner you, whatever you want to call it, giving that innocence and that voice and that part of your heart, your mind and who you are a platform to kind of like air itself out where it probably never has before, or maybe had tried to express itself in different ways, i.e. food, you know, at least that's what it was for me. Um, you know, for some other folks, it's addiction or whatever. By simply giving that level of innocence and that level of honesty and that level of clarity, a place to kind of like air itself out. You can now like embrace that same level of innocence and turn it into your superpower. Just like, you know, obviously playing with different foods and understanding that, um, all these different diets have wonderful tools. However, um, you know, um, it doesn't have to be an end all be all thing. In fact, um, I would really kind of almost question, anybody saying that one diet is the way forever to start to ask them, okay, cool. If I plan on living 30, 40, 50 years, how many people have ever tried your diet five, 10 or 15 years 
and lived by it 100% and look at that level of failure rate and understand that by the time you expand that out to like 30, 40, or 50 years like that, that I plan on living, do I really want to bet my life on that? Like, I'm not a genius or anything like that, but if I'm not going to bet my life savings on the roulette wheel at Las Vegas, I'm probably not, definitely not going to bet my life on that, especially if I understand that my over time, if I get older and my health requirements change over time, like they probably do everyone in the universe, why would I ever put myself under a glass ceiling like that? Or if the rules can change for me, as the requirements of my body's change changes over time, like why don't I just break those rules now and get those benefits now? Like why would I ever shortchange myself from the get-go? Number one. Number two is simplicity. Simplicity. A lot of people ask me, they're like, me, man, like D, like how do you make it look so easy? I'm going to show you. It's a five-minute shortcut. If I looked at all the different diets and all the different times I ever spent on like YouTube or whatever. If I can go back to when I was first diagnosed and be like, D your love for food can actually be your superpower. I'd be like, yeah, right. Cool. Answer this one question. It takes less than five minutes. You ready for the question? Here it is. What are foods that I already love that work extremely well with my blood sugars? And I'll tell you right now for everybody, it's going to be a little bit different. And if you want the real cut and dry, nobody could ever bullshit. Whoa, I was about to say something there. Nobody can ever BS you and ever pull the wool over your shoulders or ever play you for a fool. Because if at the end of the day, our doctor is going to look at our blood numbers, we might as well look at them now. Obviously, turning the lights on is going to be the fastest, easiest, most effective way to cutting the crap once and for all. And I hope that empowers you. Because even when my blood sugars were extremely high, if all I ever really did was find out what foods either didn't spike my blood sugar a lot, spiked it very little, or even helped me drive it down, even when I had high blood sugars. Well, guess what? If all I did was start stacking all those wins and keeping them in my back pocket, over time, it's going to help me drive my overall average down. And by asking this one simple question, we get to flip the whole dieting thing on its head. Okay, because I literally just posted this on uh, Instagram the other day because um, I was eating Indian food. Okay, because you can literally take me to everything from Mexican, Indian, drive through burgers, eating at the house, eating at a health food restaurant, eating whatever. I'm able to control my blood sugar and people can't even tell that I'm doing that. Here's how. One question. What are foods that you already love that just so happen to work well with your blood sugar? A lot of times I will focus not so much on fat. Fat does have a very flat lining effect. It really does, okay? Um, a lot of fats do, you know? However, you know, the only hard part about that is is if you lean so hard on one extreme, you're gonna find this all the way through. And the only reason why I'm, I'm saying this is like not because I'm some, hey, I'm some cool guy and I, I read a case study. No, I'm gonna tell you right now because when I was doing keto, every so often I would cheat and then dude, it would blow up my blood panel, okay? I would eat sideways and then my triglycerides were all over the freaking place and all this other stuff because whenever you lean super hard on fat and then you you throw a bunch of carbs in there, well, yeah, dude, it's like eating ice cream. Obviously, you know, it's going to jack up our numbers, right? Duh, right? Um, look, I'm not a rocket scientist. I'm just human. You know what I'm saying? And so that would happen, okay? That would happen. Um, obviously, you're going to say this, see the same thing on the other side. 
same breath is common sense there is like whoever said that we had to go on some crazy extreme you know what i mean like you know so a lot of times i'm gonna find that through me personally with you know some good protein in there good amount of protein doesn't have to be all super protein or whatever um you know but just enough to where i'm not only enjoying myself but you know i feel satiated um um if you feel satisfied you know what i'm saying that's really like all you need high satis- satisfaction blood sugar control and high amount of nutrients like that's kind of like what i shoot for just because um you know as a type 2 diabetic a lot of people have like you know energy problems um even if i'm like low on sleep i don't have that problem and that's probably the huge reason why is because i like foods that are high in nutrient content you don't have to like go after that if you don't want to um however i'll tell you right now that's a huge shortcut for me so may that serve you well okay so simplicity simplicity um another thing that's really really easy and simple and straightforward is instead of the problem with a lot of diets is like hey you eat one way and you're like all right and like all right we're gonna do this new diet and we're gonna take all of what you were grown up eating all your cravings what you love what you naturally are inclined to and maybe even some of your natural strengths we're gonna ignore that we're gonna throw it out the window and you are just gonna focus and we're gonna go completely 180 in this whole different thing and because we hear like these stories and all this other stuff like yeah woo high five all right and then what happens our body after a while is like yo dude i can only play this game and all this other stuff and ignore what i naturally crave ignore what we're naturally good at and ignore our natural love for so long until it goes backfiring in the other direction and because a lot of these different diets don't show us how to bridge that gap it causes us to burn out we don't want to go back right i actually have somebody really close to me going through this right now which is why i was like dude you know he's like all right i'm gonna do the xyz diet i'm like uh yes okay celebrate but at the same time like don't go all in like that like you know understand that what you really want is lifestyle changes and unfortunately, he's so burned out, he doesn't want to go back. And he's, he's having a hard time going back when it should never be that way. And so what I want to tell you right now, when I say the simplicity thing and asking yourself that single question, within five minutes, if you start by going with what you normally eat anyway, it starts, not only are you controlling your blood sugars with food that you already love, it helps you bridge the gap. So if you've ever been burned out, because here's the crappy thing about being burned out on a diet. The crappy part about being burned out on a diet is guess what the diet people do? They're like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna tell you something. We're gonna tell you something. It's gonna be everything from here's science, a case study, an emotional story, an inspirational something, a whatever, a rah-rah sis boom ba, whatever it is. And then at the end of that, ironically, you know what else you're gonna say? All right, let's go right back to the thing that burned you out in the first place. And you're like, wait, what? You know what I mean? Like, for for real? Right? And then what's worse is like, dude, God bless their hearts. But there's a lot of people charging some crazy coaching for that. Like, anywhere from 150 bucks to like 400 bucks. And you're like, dude, man, really? I mean, dude, okay, let's call it for what it is. If you're a vegan, all right, eat more plants. If you're zero carb, all right, dude, eat more animal stuff. There you go. That was free. Now, when I say simplicity, here's what that meant for me. Okay. At the time I was eating a bunch of like drive-through burgers, Chinese and, you know, um, 
uh, Mexican food. Now, normally when I would share with people, I'm going to drive my blood sugar down and control it easily with very little work and even lose a bunch of fat with Chinese food. They're like, yeah, right, dude. So I'm going to show you how to do that. I'm going to be straight transparent. I'm going to show you how to do it. Okay. So let's start with the given. Okay. Like protein burgers. Okay. Like, or a burger, cheeseburger, whatever. Right. Protein burger. Right. Like that's not hard work whatsoever. We all kind of see that everywhere. Like, hey, let us wrap burger. Bing. You know what I mean? Like, that's the easiest win ever. Okay? Super, super simple. Okay? Um, at the same time, like, if we wanted to go super sideways and we had this indelible love for food. I used to go to this place called Fat Burger by my house. They're not there anymore. Whatever. Whatever. Um, however, here's how easy this can be. I can literally just read off the menu and tell them everything that I want that works well. So, for example... I can't have the bread. I can't have the ketchup, right? Because the ketchup has a bunch of sugar in it. The bread obviously has all that flour in there. And then that's going to like crush my, my blood sugar, right? It's going to spike it like a little model rocket, okay? So what do I do? Let's swap it out. Okay, cool. What can I have in this place? Give me another patty. Give me another slice of cheese. Give me full fat ranch dressing. Give me blues cheese crumbles. Give me um, it's a fat burger, right? Give me a fried egg, avocado, bacon. Give me one of the spicy mustards. Give me a deli meat. Um, I, what are we at? Like nine? Normally, like there's like ten or eleven. So I got rid of two and I got like nine or ten, whatever. Okay, or got like eight or nine, right? Um, obviously there's more out there, but I just I don't have the fat burger menu in front of me, right? Um, give me a give me a turkey patty versus on top of the beef. There's ten. Anyways, um, and obviously there's more than that, but anyways, um, so I got rid of two and I got ten. Like, okay, like that's an easy win. I'm winning all day long, right? Um, same with uh, you know Mexican. Okay, cool. I used to go to this place that was like you know hole in the wall Mexican place. They got these street tacos and these burritos that have like they should have like a twelve step program to them because they're so addicting, right? All right, cool. As much as they make the tortillas fresh and it's like cracked to me, obviously I can't have that frisbee. That give me go go ahead and give me the um the burritos and the tacos straight up. Obviously can't have the rice and beans, so give it to me straight up. Um, what else can I add to it? Go ahead and give me some extra cheese, some guacamole, some of that crema, right? Maybe a little bit of salsa, depending on what kind it is. Cool. Just, you know, watch what kind it is. Simple, dude. All day long, stuff my face. Nobody can even tell, right? Um, now, when it came to, um, you know, Chinese food, I literally walked in there. There's like this steam tray for anything like me, right? And I go to this place where they would use, they would like have a contest on who can stack more stuff inside that little that little plastic thing so much so they would literally have to tape it shut just to like have it closed. Okay. So I remember looking, I, I get in there and I'm looking at the steam tray and I'm like, dude, I can't have any of this stuff. And I'm looking up at the menu and the lady's like, dude, there's a huge line behind me. And she's like, yo, what do you want? And I'm like, I don't know. And she's like, uh, she's like, dude, you know, tell me what you want. Like, you know, there's, there's a line here. And so I'm like, um, okay. And I just, I've been going to this place forever, so I didn't really know what to tell, say. So I just told her straight up, like, hey, look, I'm a type 2 diabetic, and I can't have any, like, starch. <laughs> Sorry about that. I can't have any starch, fillers, sugars, rice, noodles, anything like that. And she's like, okay, that's fine. Um, so what do you want? I'm like, well, I don't know. And she goes, I don't know. And she's like, well, what can you have? And I'm like, okay, well, you know, give me, like, I can have, like, you know, like, beef and, like, chicken and fish and, like, you know, vegetables. And I just started, you know, like, listing off just the basics, and then all of a sudden, the owner gets involved, okay? And he starts cooking me all these one-off dishes, okay? These one-off dishes. And before I know it, next thing you know, like we're playing with all these different recipes. He's making me things that aren't even on the menu. People in line are like, dude, what's he having? I want that. You know what I mean? And next thing you know, like I had all these different dishes that were 100% fresh. They were made just for me, they weren't sitting under a bloody heat lamp for only Lord knows how long. It maybe costed a buck or two, maybe three bucks more at max. But check this out. 
I never told anybody this for the longest time, but that was actually like the biggest shortcut that I ever had to like losing a bunch of fat. And here's why. Not only was I eating clean, not only was it fresh, made for me, controlling my blood sugar, but when I actually, at the time, back in the days, I was actually doing like keto and stuff like that. And I was trying to track my macros. And so I was using this app called MyFitnessPal and I would go in there and I started, one of my favorite things is like the everything um, chow mein. You know, the beef and the chicken and the shrimp and all this other stuff. Obviously, it's got all that grease up in there, but it makes it taste good, right? So I literally go in there and I start scrolling through the app. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's something like a quarter, no, a third of a cup to like a half a cup is like 500 calories just for the chow mein, just for the chow mein. And because they were stacking that thing in there, I was at home and I whipped out a measuring cup and I'm like, dang, I was like, dude, no way. And on average, on average, just by having them do that and by just eliminating the, meaning the chow mein alone, let alone the double entree, single entree, and the fried rice, right? I would normally save anywhere from 750 to 1,500 calories in a single meal by eating Chinese food. For the longest time, like that was my shortcut. And it's literally as simple as a single sentence, okay? It can literally be wonton soup, no wontons, extra protein. Done. Okay. Done. 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 Um, simplicity. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, that's not hard whatsoever. Okay. The simple, the other thing there, that's number two. Number three is asking super simple questions. Okay. Question the obvious. Question the obvious. And because at the end of the day, when it comes to our health, there's no such thing as a stupid question. Okay. Just stupid people asking questions. No, I'm totally kidding. That's a goofy, that's a goofy joke. But no, at the end of the day, I'm being real here. There's no such thing as a stupid question. So always question everything. Question the obvious, right? For example, perfect example. Actually, I'll give you a couple. When it was the eighties, right? And it was like, oh, right. We need to eat, you know, you know, fats are, all fats are bad, right? Obviously, like, you know, that's just stupid now. You're like, oh, really? Like an avocado, which is good for like, you know, lowering triglycerides, lowering like bad cholesterol, good for the heart, the brain, the, sh- you know, the, the skin, um, it helps, you know, with gut fiber and all this other stuff. You're trying to tell me like, that's the same thing as Crisco. You know what I mean? Like, get out of here. You know what I mean? Like, dude, shut up. You know what I mean? Obviously that's antiquated thinking, right? In the very beginning, if we would have just asked, right? why or how do we prove it you know what i mean we probably wouldn't be in the position that we're in today with type 2 diabetes when we look at not only type 2 diabetes obesity the proliferation of cancer and like metabolic conditions after the expansion of like the whole food pyramid you back back in the day remember that 6 to 11 servings of carbohydrate dude that's cr- that's crazy. Pasta and breads. Like, and then we wonder how and why we got here. Right? Another simple, super simple, super, super simple, common sense, not even rocket science question. Dawned on me when my original healthcare provider 
She was like my big sister and she would lean into me because she worked with my wife for like 12, 13 years or maybe even close to 14 years before her and her husband ended up buying their dream home and they moved. And because she knew my wife and because she saw my kids grow up in that office, she used to, and because she cared, this lady's priceless, heart of gold. Okay. She's an angel. She used to plead with me all the time and be like, David, you need to get under control. David, you need to stop messing around. David, you need to. And it got to the point where because of her level of care, because she had such a huge heart, we really had more of a big sister, little brother relationship. And because of the amount, honestly, I really wish every provider cared like this, but because of how much she cared, she started to lean into me really, really good. Meaning that she got to the point where I wasn't listening and I wasn't taking care of myself. And she just started like boxing my ears. She's like, all right, you don't want to listen to me. Listen to your wife. Ask her what it's like for these people who don't take care of themselves. Ask her what it's like and what it looks like over time. And she started getting into my ear. She goes, dude, ask your wife. If you don't want to listen to me, ask your wife. I'll tell you right now, here's what's happening. And she would plead with me and say, it's a one way road for a lot of these people that don't do it. And I knew she was talking from her heart in the same breath. I'm not the brightest guy in the world. However, I have access to the internet. And I was like, huh? And this internet thing introduced me to like people who were able to turn their lives around. Not even the internet. When it first started, it actually was like on a documentary, uh, simply raw. If you've ever seen it, it's a vegan documentary. Um, I'm not vegan, but um, I want to give them props because that's really kind of like where I, even though I, it blew up in my face, to be totally honest, that's kind of where I got my little leap frog from or my, my, uh, it was the catalyst, one of the catalysts for me. And so now, whether it's, you know, Mediterranean, keto, vegan, Pritikins, paleo, whatever, Dr. Diadamo's blood type diet, you know, Dr. Mark um, Hyman's, um, you know, uh, blood sugar solution, Dr. Um, Dr. Bernstein's, you know, uh, diabetes solution, whatever diet it is. When we see that there's all these different other people out there controlling their blood sugar, a hundred percent drug free and whether, you know, you make it drug free or you just want to cut down completely on where you're at. And you understand if you're anything like me here, you want to see something that's super simple. Okay. That if you really want to like see where this is headed for a lot of people, go on a Facebook, join as many type two diabetes groups as you can and search the word insulin and look for the cost that people are paying. It's atrocious. There's people out there paying 1100 bucks, 1300 bucks, 900 bucks. Um, there's people where their healthcare providers or healthcare networks are changing up because of the cost of insurance. It's ugly, which is why I kind of share all this information in the hopes to save as many lives and hope to save as many families. And it's simple as asking questions because here's the one that really got me. I knew this lady meant well. However, I asked her a simple, super simple question, which was, have you ever worked with the type two diabetics so well? And this was like her specialty was, was diabetics and cancer patients. Uh, have you ever worked with one? And it worked out so well that they were able to go completely drug free at the time. Her answer was no. 
And I was like, okay. I'm not the brightest guy in the world, but basically it's kind of like, you know, kind of like going to a, um, a coach and you're like, Hey, have you had any, have you won the game? Have you ever had, have you ever had anybody win this game? Let's say it's soccer. They go to the soccer coach. Hey, what's up coach? Nice to meet you. I'm looking to bring my kids into soccer. Da, 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 da. Awesome. And they're like, you know, they say all these wonderful things. You know that they're a good person. Undeniably priceless. And then the same breath in conversation, like, hey, is have you, I mean, you know, how's the season going? Have you ever had anyone win the game? And they're like, no. And you're like, well, wait, wait, what? How long have you been coaching? And they're like, oh, yeah, you know, like 30 years or 20 years or 15 years, five years, five days, whatever it is. And you're like, wait, you, you, you've never had anyone win this game? And they're like, no. And the light bulb went off in my head and I was like, okay. I got to do something different. Okay. The beautiful thing about that is, is like, if you've ever been referred to an eye specialist, a foot specialist for additional testing for type two diabetes, you probably already know and realize that dude, doctor referrals are exactly that. The referrals that happen. It's like a daily thing, you know, like, Hey, you got to talk to the pharmacist and then you got to talk to the eye doctor and then you got to get, you know, like whatever. Right. The question there is like, all right, cool. Who else within this network has actually helped type two diabetes and who've gotten them off their medication, regardless of whatever the diet is. Cause I'm really more or less all about giving as many resources as possible versus trying to put somebody in a box. Asking questions. Number three is going to be honesty. I'm sorry. That's number, that's number three, rather number three is or number four rather is going to be honesty. I actually have six here for you. Wow. I thought it was going to be five, but let me give you some love. So number four is going to be honesty. Again, if I understand what's at risk for me, at risk for my wife and my children, do I really want to go down that path? There's a level of thing where whether we're doing some kind of diet or exercise or whatever, that we can beat our chest in front of whoever. Sure. Whatever. We've all done it. High five. And in the same breath, there's that time where we're all alone and it's like, we can't BS ourselves. Right? At least the last thing we ever want to do is BS ourselves. And so we have to get real honest. The beautiful thing about that is, is like, that's when we, that's one of the most empowering times that we can actually like make, not only make peace with what's on the inside, but drive ourselves and empower ourselves and inspire others in ways that we probably never have before, all simply by being transparently honest. For example, when I looked at that, I'm like, hey, like when I when I look at like my daughter, I want to be the one to walk her down the aisle. If I think of like fried rice and like the look on my daughter's face when I walk her down the aisle, what's more important? My daughter, when I think of, uh, you know, when I think of a hoagie sandwich or being there the day that my son becomes a father and just like any other parent, you look down and like they see everything from, you know, their mother's, you know, their mother's smile, their, their in-laws ears or whatever. And, you know, God willing, the day that he looks in his kid's eyes and he sees mine and he wants to share that moment with me what's more important hoagie and the french fries 
or being there for my son and my grandchild, God willing, that day happened? Or was it the, the Cheez-Its? Is it going to be Cheez-Its or holding my wife's hand when we get older? Knowing that, you know, we're, we're, we're going to hit that day and age where our knees are shaking and we're going to be that old couple in the diner. Who's going to hold her hand and who's going to hold the door open for her? What's more important, that and keeping the promise that I made in front of everybody the day that we got married or a box of Cheez-Its? That level of honesty, innocence, and you know, simplicity, right? Asking those simple kinds of questions. That's how we get our life back. Because when we look at it, we're like, oh. And we put those two things together, it's almost impossible to look at a box of Cheez-Its and then look at my wife and be like, you know what? This $2 box is more important than you. The 30-second sensation I'm going to get in my mouth is, you know, it's more important than you. Now, is there something that's deep-seated and an emotional attachment and a deep You know, a deep, a deep connection with food. Yeah. Yeah, there can be. Was for me. Still is in a lot of different ways. However, when we ask ourselves that super simple question, what are foods that we already love? I'll tell you right now, one of my favorites is ice cream. Still is ice cream. There are so many good recipes out there for ice cream. That, you know, that obviously are like, you know, for me, I'm a low carb guy, low carbohydrate, no big deal. All right, let me get my ice cream fix in. I want to eat like I'm eating at the county fair. Well, I already showed, shared with you, you know, the, 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 the burger one. You know what I mean? There's so many different ways of doing that. Mexican food, um, you know, Indian food, all kinds of stuff. Okay. Super, super simple questions, honesty, not BSing ourselves, Right. Because you are worth it. The last thing you ever want to do is BS yourself when we have, you know, when when that's not really going to serve us or anybody that we love at all. And another way of um, taking our getting everything back when we got ripped off is simply by playing with ideas, testing. If you've ever gone around and you you look at, doesn't matter, throughout the beginning of time. Anybody that's ever turned their life around, turned their health around across the board. Sure. You're going to find a lot of similarities, hands down for the vast majority of them. I'd actually say that it usually doesn't come with going zero to hundred overnight versus starting with small ideas and playing with things and having them grow and embed themselves over time. Not many people can make their retirement plan in one day. Not many people are going to transform their life with one workout. Not many people are going to do, you know, completely revolutionize their health on a one time or, you know, another crash diet as much as they can literally play with ideas, test things out and see what best resonates with them.
And I say that because I'm in a bunch of different diabetic groups. Some people love walking. Some people like Zumba. Some people do CrossFit. Some people lift weights. Some people, you know, I personally, I just, I have a big mix, you know, a big, big mix. I just like, I'm a big kid. I just like playing with stuff, you know? Um, also I'm, um, I've also learned that doing the same thing over and over, it's a wonderful place to get started and grow a lot of confidence, which I'm a big fan of. And the same, at the same time, I'd be lying through my teeth if I didn't admit for a lot of people that can also lead to a plateau. So it's not all bad. It's just like, Hey, treat it like a buffet. When it comes to exercise, if you're at the gym and you're paying for a membership, cool, let's just play with some other stuff in here and see what happens. Let's go to a, you know, let's go to a dance class. Let's go to a bike class. Let's go to a whatever class. Or maybe even let's go to a personal training and see what we can get out of it. Even if you don't pay personal training all the time, beautiful. Just, just be upfront and honest with the personal trainer and say, Hey, I'm a type two diabetic. Here are my goals. Can you, you know, uh, maybe if you're on a tight budget, you can say, Hey, I really just be honest with it. Hey, look, you know, like I, I can only do so many training sessions. Maybe it's one, maybe it's five, maybe it's 10, whatever it is for you. Can you please just let me know, Mr. Or Mrs. Trainer? how I can get the most effective workout in and let share with them your goals and let them give you a plan. Simple, right? And play with it over and over and over. Test new different things. Play with your own ideas, right? Test the ideas of others. And before you know it, we get that innocence back. It's literally like being a kid again, putting the apron on and doing finger painting. It's not complex. And the sixth thing is by taking these things, we can simply take these simplistic actions and build them into a routine. Very, very simple. If you get ready in the morning before you leave the house every morning and you have a certain way that you brush, like a certain order that you get dressed and brush your teeth or whatever, like for example, I take a shower and I have the razor, um, we have like body showers and stuff like that. So I have the razor and the toothbrush and everything in the shower. I do everything in the shower. So I literally just get in there and the way that I wash myself is I'll start with like my face and then around my neck and my arms and my shoulders. And I basically just kind of like go down my body. And then I do, you know, then I do the shampoo and then after that I shave and then I brush my teeth and I'm out. Right. That's my little routine, at least just in the shower. And then after that, you know, obviously I, I get dressed, whatever. And then I leave the house. If you can do that, simply by taking all these different things that we've shared here today on everything from exercising, maybe it's a five minute walk, maybe it's a 10 minute walk, maybe it's, you know, um, trying a new lunch, okay? Maybe it's testing yourself, okay? Simply by starting small and building reputable and repeatable routines, that are simple and honest and transparent, I'll put that against anybody doing some crazy diet, trying to go zero to 100 on some exercise program or whatever. Okay. And the reason why is because, man, by the time you have a routine and it's just embedded part of your day, whether it's cleaner eating, whether, you know, it's, it's exercising or maybe even both. By the time you've embedded it into your day, the same way people get, you know, take a shower in the morning. Done. 
done. And then you can scale it from there. I was the token fat guy who would be in the office sweating like a pork chop in an air conditioned room, staring at a computer. I can't begin to tell you how embarrassing that would be sometimes. When I say sweating like a pork chop, it literally just took like someone like would look like somebody took a cup of water and like threw it in my face. Like there'd be times I literally do this is super embarrassing, but I was being totally real. There'd be times where I'd go to the bathroom and I'd take some of the uh, some of the paper towels and I'd have them kind of folded up and I'd put it in my pocket and I'd take it out of my pocket and I'd like dab my face over and over and over and over and over throughout the day in an air conditioned roomed room. And I was smoking cigarettes. And then all I did in the morning was like, all right, dude, how about we start? Actually, started a little bit at work. So I was like, man, let's do for a, let's go for a little bit of a walk. Let me just get it actually kind of started because one day I was kind of stressed out. And I was like, man, let me just go for a small walk. And before I knew it, like I, I maybe walked for like five, five, seven minutes. And I was like, hey, I don't know, for whatever reason, it feels kind of cool. Not understanding that I just pumped a bunch of oxygen into my blood. And, you know, obviously that that makes us feel better. That, because I don't want to be that sweaty pork chop at work, that led me to then walking in the morning before I took a shower. That five minutes led to seven, led to 10, led to 15. Walking led to, you know, a little bit of a better walk, led to like a little bit of a power walk, a super slow jog, a little bit of a jog and a walk and a jog and a walk and a jog and a walk to, you know, obviously a better jog, led a little bit into like, you know, run, jog, walk, you know, like this little mix or whatever. And before you know it, off to the races, you know, it kind of just grew over time. And I was that guy for years who bought everything from, you know, P90X. I had countless gym memberships and what sucks is so many of them, they want, when you want to quit or whatever, they're like, yeah, we'll go ahead and cancel. You got to come in in person. You're like, uh, you know what I mean? All of that stuff crushed all of that stuff with these simple things that I thought were taken from me or ripped out of my hands. Cause we did get ripped off as type two diabetics. And now my beloved friend, you just learned how to get them all back. So anyways, I absolutely hope that serves you well and I'll see you in the next one. Let's go.